Welcome back to Fully Equipped. Should I say Happy New Year from Fully Equipped. Jonathan Wall here, joined as always by my guy Andrew Tursky. Tursky, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to the listeners. What's your one New Year's resolution for 2022? Well, first of all, Happy New Year. Right now, my New Year's resolution is to get out of New York City. Currently, I'm doing the... You've had a brutal couple of days. I'm just doing the tour of New York City airports. I I started at Newark, then JFK, then LaGuardia, canceled, canceled, canceled. I'm not one of those guys to, like, rip on an airline, but there's one particular airline that's not been treated as well. Is it the same airline that uh, snapped Victor Hovland's driver in half? Which airline was it? It starts with a D? No, it wasn't. Okay. This one starts, so. it starts with a J. Oh, all right. There we My go. My fault for booking not, it in the first place, but. We're not, we're not throwing anybody under the bus here on this podcast. No, it's not what we do. Yeah, it's need, a happy new year. Need, yeah. Needless to say, if you're on the East coast trying to get anywhere, you've probably been canceled, sitting in hotel rooms, doing a lot of what Tursky's been doing. Yep. I live Hotel in airport club terminals right now. <laughs> you do. <laughs> that's, well, that's my place of residence. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we all wish we were out at Kapalua this week for the, the season opening event. Reach. There's, man. I, I've, have you been to Maui before? Yeah, I've played Kapalua, actually. The winds were at yeah. like 60 miles an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think they were that bad when, when when I played it, but it was it was windy. I mean, if you play it there on on a day that isn't windy, then it's. I think it's. I told the story about playing Carnoustie when there was no wind. It's not any fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. playing Kapalua, you got to play it on like a day when it's blowing at least like thirty five to forty, and you can uh, you can feel what the pros have to deal with because I mean, it, it is a beast when it's blowing. It's generous hitting areas though. Like the fairways are pretty yes. wide, the greens are big, so if there's no wind. I can't imagine it's that difficult, but my ball was getting blown all over the map when I played there. But yeah, one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah, one of the most beautiful. Also, the tournament where we start to get a peek at all the gear. Some of it that we've actually already been talking about. Yep. Um, others that we that we haven't. You know, the funny thing is, is that on the podcast when we tease a lot of this stuff, we we've already seen it for a little while. Yeah. I mean, we've by that point we had already tested the, the stealth product. We had we had already tested Rogue, the Callaway Rogue ST, um, you know. But got to play the game, you know. We're we're also dealing with you know media embargoes and things like that. So um, anyway, but yeah, we we knew that a lot of these clubs were going to be coming out, and and we knew what they did, and we're already seeing them. I mean, Rogue ST is is out in full force. I heard that they might have ten guys in the field at Kapalua with, uh, with one of the new rogue ST drivers, Callaway, or sorry, Taylor made is going to have, I believe five at least in the field with, with the new driver. And that's just and, staffers, right? Like who knows about uh, the free agents? Yeah, there's, I, I had heard that there were going to be a couple of non-contract guys in, in the, the new stealth, but not quite sure on, on the rogue ST, but you know, as you and I have talked about before on this pod, you know, staffers are, are paid to play the new drivers in the new product, but you can really yeah. tell which drivers are are performing but based on the guys that are the non-contract players who decide to play the drivers, and those are the ones that you and I are more excited to, to see. How do those staff deals work? Because obviously last year not everyone played the suit too. 
So like, do they just not get that extra bonus if they don't play the new driver? I don't, I don't think so. You I mean, everything that I've heard is, you know, a lot of, a lot, I'm sure it really depends on who you are. I mean, if you're, you know, Tiger Woods and you're having trouble getting into a new driver, I don't think that they're going to ding you and, and not pay you out on, on your contract. It would now, be if pissed, you're, you know, but maybe not ding you financially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and, and we've, and we've seen it. I mean, you, you look at, I mean, you look at, like, let's say Dustin Johnson. You know, DJ was typically pretty easy to get in the driver. He struggled with with kind of going back and forth between Sim and Sim 2 last year. I mean, you, you saw that when you were out on tour. Um, I saw it from scanning all the Getty images. And, you know, it, it's it's just kind of one of those things where, where, you know, some drivers are easier to get into than others. And, you know still super early days. We don't know who, who all is going to be playing stealth and, and the, the new rogue ST, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they give everybody a little bit of a leash. I mean, if you don't get into it right away, I'm sure they'll, they'll probably give you, you know, two, three weeks, maybe a month to try and get familiar and acclimated to the driver. And then at that point, you just gotta, gotta figure it out. We'll say after hitting both of the products, I mean, they're pretty easy to get into. The Rogue ST line is so forgiving, and it's also like boosting ball speed on the on the center hits and off center hits. I mean, I see a lot of tour players going into that triple diamond LS. That's like such a money driver. Just eliminates the left yeah. side completely. And then the stealth is like, you know, head shape wise and and ball flight wise, pretty similar to the Sim Two, but it's just faster. And it's like, yeah. can yeah. you get past the red face? And I'm sure. At some point, we'll see guys going with different colors. Is my guess, but I'll say my my stealth is going to help solve that. That's that's kind of a cool a cool uh, like aspect of the of the stealth line. The fact that they're going to be able to let you change out the the faceplate colors. Yeah, let's see what colors guys go with. I mean, obviously Tiger sticks with red, but what is like DJ and Morikawa, Rory? Like, does Rory go green? Ireland green. Yeah, you would think. I mean, there, we, we talked a little bit about that. I mean, there's got to be all kinds of different ways you can customize the face, maybe add some graphics, maybe for the Ryder Cup, you add the, like the European flag and, you know, Team USA, you could, you could have the, the American flag. It's, it, it could go in many different ways. So but much you could do. I need memes you, you on could. There. I need memes on the face. <laughs> Let's take it Emojis. all the way to 2022. If, yeah. you're ha- if you're having a rough week, do you just go with the, the poop emoji? The, the real new age would be having a GIF on there, like a moving image. Oh gosh. Or an NFT, you know, I mean, <laughs> let's, let's, let's really, let's really like go crazy here. Oh my here. God. That's actually kind of genius. If you I, have your you own know, NFT on the driver face. NFT on the driver face. It, it's it's going to happen at some point. It's something wild like that. It, it will definitely happen. It'll be with one of those guys who's willing to, to kind of go ahead of the curve. But, um, you and I did have the opportunity, I guess it was a couple months ago, to sit down with the TaylorMade guys. And, and look, the Callaway driver, from everything that I've heard, I'm sure you've heard the same thing. We've tested it. The, the feedback is that it's incredibly solid and stable. Yep. Um, you know, with, with the TaylorMade driver, it's, you know, it's all about the face. This, this is a brand new face for them. They're going from titanium, a material that they've been in, since it was really introduced into into you know the industry and on tour 
back in the you know late '90s, early 2000s. You know, TaylorMade has has been kind of at the forefront of of that driver face technology. Now they're going into carbon. You know, as as Tomo Bystead, who who heads up their now they're calling it their carbon wood department at TaylorMade. They're they're sunsetting titanium. It's gone. They're not going back. They're not gonna you know if things don't work out with carbon, they're they're gonna keep pressing forward. They're done with titanium as a face construction material, and you know, we'll see what happens. It's just, it's kind of like a, like a dawning of a new era, I guess. Sound and feel are exactly the same. So I don't see any reason why they they wouldn't keep going down this road. Yeah. Sounds no different than titanium, honestly. Exactly. I mean, you test, you, I mean, I was standing there. We posted videos up on golf.com. I mean, you hit it, you can hear the sound of it. It sounds like a titanium driver. A lot of that has to do with they removed that massive section of carbon fiber that was in the sole of the SIM 2. And now they're going back to what we saw from the original SIM. It's, you know, similar aero package to the original SIM. It's titanium. They've got, you know, sound ribs inside the head that are going to help tune that sound. As you mentioned, it sounds like a titanium driver. And that was one of the big knocks. You know, everybody was scared that it was going to sound dull. It does not sound dull. It has a very metallic sound. I mean, what'd you think about the, the feel of it? It's, it, seems to feel like a titanium driver when it's rocketing off the face. I didn't know all the marketing speak and what was going on with the driver. I would have just said it's titanium. It also sounds like a little bit louder than the SIM 2. Like we hit the SIM 2 back to back with the Stealth. And I thought it was like actually a better sound and feel than SIM 2. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, so it's 60 layers of carbon fiber, just as kind of a quick rundown for those that haven't read the stories. Tons of content up on golf.com if you want to check it out. Um, it's a 60-layer carbon face. To put that in perspective, the you know the crown on a you know typical, let's just say a tailor-made driver. Let's use Stealth is six layers. So it's it's ten it's ten x what you're seeing from you know a, a standard you know a standard crown on a driver. So there, there's a lot going on with this face, um, but again. Tomo Bystead, who is the head of the carbon wood department for TaylorMade, he had a chance to walk us through the entire driver, woods, fairways, hybrids, the, the whole shebang. He does a great job with it. And I think, you know, you and I can talk about it, but I think it's better if we get somebody like Tomo, the expert, to do it. So let's kick it to Tomo. Tomo. Hello. Hello. I, I know you're really excited. You've got a smile over here on your face. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen some cool driver products come out in the last, I mean, I've been in this industry for over a decade now doing gear mm-hmm. to date myself, but you just did, I just did, whatever. <laughs> I don't care, but I, I haven't seen this kind of tech like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm holding it in my hands right now as, as we're sitting here. Mm-hmm. Is this the most excited you've ever been? Now, you've also, before you were doing mm-hmm. Metalwoods, you were doing Irons. Is this Correct. the most excited you've ever been for a product launch? Easily. Yeah, easily. Without I, question. I've been doing without question. I've been doing this um, product creation role, Irons, Metalwoods, for about nine years now. And uh, we've had some great launches along the way, don't get me wrong. Big launches. But this one is by far the biggest. And I, and I say that because of how long we worked on it, how significant it's going to be, not for just for us, but for the industry. And um, yeah, I mean, honestly, just to be part of it, I think we're going to look back years from now, like, yeah, you remember that time in 2022 when we launched that stealth product? It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. So 
Super cool. So I've said on the podcast many times that I think that driver technology is at the ceiling. We've had multiple discussions we've had about multiple, it. We've, we've had entire plenty, segments about it. We've had plenty of discussions yeah. about this. That I've, I've said it's it's reached it's reached its limit. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers are finding new and inventive ways, not just mm-hmm. getting lazy, but tightening dispersion, improving sound, um, changing the aero package, as mm-hmm. you all have done. Yep. With titanium, we have basically hit the ceiling. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but that, nice little but. transition here, but. <laughs> This is not titanium. Mm-hmm. What the heck are we looking at? This is red, by the way, which mm-hmm. I shouldn't be surprised because you all made a huge splash with the white crown on mm-hmm. the driver. Now we're talking about carbon. Mm-hmm. This ain't face. no sticker. This ain't no red sticker on the face. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, oh, by the way, this is the same company that that brought titanium onto the scene. So are you now saying mm-hmm. that you are no longer a titanium yeah. Not only titanium, but steel. Like steel, we, like we brought right. steel to the market back in the ni- you know late 1970s, and 79. we've been a, we've been a metalwoods company this entire time, and we're sunsetting that technology. That's the crazy part. We brought that in, and we're the first ones to say, "Hey, you won't see a flagship driver from us anymore with a titanium face or any kind of metal face." So that's it's a big statement. It's um, huge. We're gonna stand behind that 100, and I think. Once people see the performance of what the carbon wood can do, it, it changes the game dramatically. The carbon wood. We've seen carbon faces before, mm-hmm. and they haven't necessarily worked. Mm-hmm. Why is it going to work now? Yeah, so that's the, that's the million-dollar question. A lot of people have seen carbon faces. We're not the first ones to have carbon. Carbon's been in the industry for a long time as well. Um, but nobody in the modern era has done a carbon face. And when I say the modern era, it's the era of high COR product. When when companies figured out how to make faces faster, how to push them to the limit, obviously post-CT test introduction from USGA and RNA, no one's made a carbon face since then for good reason because it's extremely difficult to make a face that not only, A, stands up and is durable, retains the flexibility to provide the speed that you want out of a modern driver face, um, but also then on top of that, deliver good launch conditions. So that was the other challenge that we had to overcome was, hey, how do you get great launch and spin out of a carbon face? And all of those things had to happen for this to be a reality and, and to for carbon to surpass titanium. And so it's no surprise that in the past, companies have tried this and they've all been short-lived, right? They've all been out there for a year and then next year, where is the carbon face? It's not there anymore, right? So we know that there's gonna be skeptics around this. There's gonna be people who are gonna say the exact what you said of like, hey, we've seen this before, you know, what's what's different about it this time? Well, everything is different about it this time, um, down to everything about how it's made, right? So this is a completely different manufacturing method. The number of layers in the face, the fact that there's 60 layers of carbon in this face Again, 60, unheard of. 60 layers. I mean, we, we have an insert in front of us here. Mm-hmm. And you can actually see. I mean, it's visible. Yeah. It's not just a number that you're throwing out. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see the like each layer of the carbon. And that's like pre-preg sheets of carbon. Yeah. There's 60 layers. 60 layers it. in there, yeah. Okay. And the crazy part about it, too, is it's much thinner than any of the carbon phases that have been in the market before. If you sectioned any of those old carbon phases, they're much thicker than this one. And have way fewer layers of carbon in there. So again, the fiber content versus resin content is very high, which is what gives it its strength and the flexibility at the same time. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been picking at this face all day to try to test. <laughs> oh, like, I know. Durability. You, you've been like obsessed. I put yeah. mine away for a while and yeah. you've been obsessed. You've just been like, 
picking at it mm-hmm. all day. I've literally been picking yeah. at it all day because I want to know, like, is it yeah. going to gonna... chip or not? Like, I haven't, yeah. I've gotten nowhere. Yeah. You got nowhere? Yeah. yeah. So take me back to when you all kind of first started to go down this road because we, mm-hmm. we ask this question all the time to, to, the, to the guys who are designing, creating clubs. Mm-hmm. When did you first start the process of, of trying to conceptualize this new club that's in front of us? Now, yeah. I will say this. Your answer surprised me because typically most guys tell us, uh, you know, three to five years. Mm-hmm. You put up a number on the screen. It's been two decades. Yep. Where you've started this kind of, can you start from the kind of timeline of when you first started to consider yeah. carbon until now? Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't even at the company when we started working on this. That's how long. And I've been with TaylorMade for 15 years. This started five, six years before I was even at TaylorMade. Um, and it was really around, you know, year 2000 when we had engineers who were looking at carbon and obviously in crowns and other places in the club and, and the face became a natural place to look at it. And it was more really to make sure like, hey, we're not missing anything. Is there something we should be doing here? And there was a lot of research done. A bunch of prototypes were made early on. And back then, I mean, it was it was such a pipe dream to have carbon in the face, but we, we tried things. We had prototypes being made over those, those years. And as a TaylorMade employee, I didn't really know about anything about carbon until about 2011 and 12. So that's when we started to do a, I had a plan to launch a sort of a small, batch version of this technology kind of almost like a concept car idea in japan so we actually launched a product in 2013 called the glory reserve driver which was kind of our 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 way of like putting our stake in the ground a little bit of of securing some of the the intellectual property around the technology but also seeing hey what's the consumer perception going to be how is it going to perform in the field can we manufacture it at scale all those things now that club is night and day different performance wise than what you have today with stealth but it, it provided us a platform of saying, hey, this is potentially viable in the future to be a big global uh, idea. Um, but there was a long journey between 2013 and 2021, 22 of making that a reality. There was a lot of hurdles to overcome, along with the fact that titanium took huge leaps and bounds during that time, that the goalposts had moved, right? Like in terms of the performance that you had to beat. When you think about a tie driver in 2012 versus a tie driver in 2021, now the performance is dramatically better today, right? So in order for carbon to make sense, we now had to beat these newer drivers that were even better. So there was a lot of work that had to be done. And you know, credit to the to the entire R&D team here at TaylorMade. They, they worked on this for years without kind of an end in sight, really, like not knowing if or when this was going to happen, but they, again, put the work in. And and I started working on this product specifically around 2017, 2018, when we realized, okay, we're going to do this. And we started working on the stealth product. And the crazy part is we worked on this in parallel with a lot of the stuff that launched during that time. So the SIM and original SIM product, the SIM 2s, these were worked on at the same time as we worked on stealth. So that was kind of a cool but confusing time, you know, like you had to make the best possible tie face that you could at the time. And then knowing that we had this thing coming for 2022, that was going to just blow people away. It was, yeah. So anyway, a crazy journey for back from 2000, yeah. of which I was part of the sort of this last third of it really. Yeah. So there are a lot of steps that go into making this face. Mm-hmm. Just, just for the listeners out there. Yeah. Because they can't see, they can't, all they can see is when they pick the driver sure. up off. How many steps does it take to just make, this face. Well, it's just to make the face, not even the rest of the That's head. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just the face. Just the face. I mean, in simple terms, it's about 25 steps. You know, 25 that, steps. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, using a lot of different machines, a lot of different processes. But 
you know, you have to lay it all up, right? You have to, and, and there's cutting involved, there's laying up, there's a lot of curing of carbon. There's obviously a whole printing process that has to happen for the face graphics that are on there. Because well. it's red. It's and red. That's that's the thing. I mean, I when I, we first saw like pictures of it, we Tursky and I both thought it was just highlighted mm -hmm. as here is Taylor made new carbon right. wood. Yeah, right. we thought it was like a marketing sticker. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And and actually, yeah. we we've heard that the tour some players, of the, some of the tour pros, <laughs> yeah, right. have felt the same way about this. That's the Tommy Fleetwood said. Is this how the face is going to be, or am I peeling something off? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I mean, that was important though, right? Yeah. Was was to highlight it by having this this red color. I mean, you can see it, it when. You pick up their driver. It's red with looks kind of like a honeycomb mm -hmm. design there on the face. I mean, it was. It's kind of. I feel like it's similar to like the wide driver where you want to yeah. highlight your tech, like Correct, yeah. what you're proud of the most, yeah. which is yeah, this face. Yeah, it was. It, you know, it's been an interesting process to develop the face design because on the one hand, you do want to have something that hey, it's going to grab people's attention. You're going to notice it right away, kind of like the white. But the face is such an important performance element of the face. And you don't want it to be distracting or misleading to the player, you know. And so, and especially since this is the same exact face that Colin Markawa is going to use, that DJ is going to use, that Rory is going to use, you certainly don't want to put something in front of them that's going to make him not like how it looks or, or make it difficult to align the club or anything like that. So you have to really work in tandem of this sort of the performance element of it, uh, the look element, and, and then certainly there's a marketing element of it as well that in terms of how it looks. So... You know, the red color is just a certain tone of red. It's not too bright, you know, but it's not too toned down where you can't see the contrast between the top and the face, which we know is important for, for performance. So, um, and we also want to make sure, you know, any kind of opportunity for marks on the face, that, that those are hidden as well as possible too. So hence the hex pattern. If you notice the hex pattern, they're about the same size as a dimple. Now this, mar this face is extremely resistant to any marking. So that's really good. We've seen a lot of player testing on it already. You can't see T marks on the face. You can't see ball marks on the face. So it's really good. And from that point of view, um, but again, with it being the first carbon wood that's going to be out there, you want to make sure you check all the boxes. And a ton of homework has been done on that design. We probably worked on that for two years just on the on the pad print design of the face. So you know, we're obviously, happy how it came like, out. Obviously, like the outer portion is not carbon. There's like a material on mm -hmm. there. And there's also grooves, like Correct. little mini grooves that go across the face mm -hmm. that aren't just the scoring lines. Yes. Can you talk about like yeah. the outer portion of the face, the yeah. effect that has? And there's a lot going helps. on here. That, yeah. There's a lot going yeah. on. So the very outer layer of the face, and if you touch it, you'll know right away that's not carbon, right? It's like kind of has a softer, a little slightly rubbery texture to it. Terse has yeah. been picking on the whole time. I've been, I've been picking on it, the yeah. whole time. It almost a, feels like the it's outer a, portion of a golf ball. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and, and because it's urethane. Urethane, just like a golf ball is urethane. It's a different, uh, obviously, formulation, but it's not that different from uh, a you know, urethane golf ball. And obviously some of the learnings we have from golf ball technology is applied here as well in terms of making it super durable, things like that. The important part of this was A, to protect the carbon, first of all. The second thing was really to dial in launch conditions. And one of the things we learned early on back sort of in that period of 2000, 2005 was bare carbon, like hitting bare carbon is not going to work. Like the, the spin rates in the dry was really high. It was ballooning. And then in the wet, as soon as the ball had any moisture on it, it was just falling out of the air. It had no spin. So we knew that we needed a way to manage launch and spin on, on the face. And so we landed on this, on this polyurethane material. And there's, and there's two aspects to the kind of sort of spin launch management of it, which is one that you highlighted, uh, Andy, earlier, which was the scoring lines on the face. So the score lines go all the way across. And that's because that's what manages the spin in the wet. So if you have any moisture on the ball, you want that moisture to go away in the groove. It's just like on a wedge or something like that to kind of manage the spin because you need friction 
at impact with a driver that manages spin both high and low. You need, you need the right amount of friction. So that was important. The second part of it is to maintain good dry weather spin. Now the grooves help a little bit with dry weather spin, but not enough. You need additional kind of grip on the ball. And the way that we do that is with this nano texture. So it's this very fine texture between the score lines that essentially provide additional grab on the ball at impact, which allows the ball to essentially grab initially and then snap back uh, as it comes off the face and actually lowers the spin. And that's really the secret to the launch conditions of this stealth driver is, is that nano texture to manage the spin. So it spins a little bit lower than our tie driver in the previous year in the Sim 2 product. It's about Roofs to lower spin. We don't hear that often. Exactly. And, and it's, so it's a little counterintuitive for people um, because obviously you hear grooves for more spin and wedges and irons all the time. Uh, but there's actually a, a crossover point where when the loft is a, to a certain point, more friction on the face is actually lower spin. And it has to do with how the cover reacts at the impact and how it snaps back. And so, again, this dual um, technology of the grooves plus that nano texture is, again, what manages the spin and what gives this driver incredible launch conditions that combine with the speed of the carbon face is like the secret sauce of stealth. You're a good player, Tomo. <laughs> you're, a, you're a gamer. I'm sure you've hit the driver. Mm -hmm. How does it feel and how does it sound? compared to yeah. a titanium face. Yeah, so we definitely, you know, to be totally frank, early on we were we were nervous about this. We were like, we know carbon has a, has a more damped property than metal and it could sound too muted or just not lively enough. But the way that this uh, driver is designed, um, both from the titanium structure as well as the carbon face, promotes really good sound. And one of the things that we found in our testing is, ironically, it has a more metallic sound than our SIM and SIM2. And it really comes from the combination of the face still having that flexibility uh, of a traditional metal face. So the face mode, as we call it, creates a lot of, of the sound of the face and as well as the crown does. And the crown is very similar to what we had before. And then you manage sort of the bad sounds that often occur in the sole with the correct ribbing and stuff like that in, in, in the internals. And we do that with a lot of simulations. So the combination of all those things creates a really good sound with this driver. And in our testing, and, and again, from a kind of subjective point of view, we've had people prefer this sound to both Sim 2 and Sim. So uh, we're excited about it. Obviously, golfers are going to find out for themselves when they go hit it. Uh, but I'd be shocked if there's somebody who doesn't think this sounds at least as good as Sim 2 and Sim. So we're, we're, that, that box is definitely checked for us. So I want to talk about speed. Okay. Talk about because, speed. The, okay, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna turn into an average golfer for a second. Yeah. I'm a terrible golfer, so I'm gonna turn myself into maybe a little bit better golfer here. Oh, um, uh, I was just trying to like you I know see. try to beat you to the punch on that one. I, I, I see what's terrible going on. Golfer's a little harsh. Yeah, yeah. I see what's yeah. going yeah. on. Here. Well, you're, you're, a good, I, you're a good player. You're a good okay. Player. Yeah. Just well, out drove Kyle Berkshire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did by 20 yards. Uh, yeah. But you know, I mean, he only got one shot with a two iron that he broke after the first shot. But hey, who's uh, counting? But here's the thing. Yeah. When I hear that that TaylorMade is coming out with a carbon wood, mm -hmm. the first thing that I'm thinking about is carbon fiber. Mm -hmm. Now I know carbon fiber. It's it's used to save weight. Yeah. And it's used to move that discretionary weight, as we some call it, to different parts of the head to make the club more mm -hmm. forgiving, more stable. What the heck are you doing putting carbon fiber in the face? Mm -hmm. How durable is this going to be? How many mm -hmm. hits is it going to take before I crack this? Mm -hmm. um, and, and just like the benefits from a speed perspective, because I'll be honest, mm -hmm. this was probably the most surprising part was 
as we talked about with that ceiling, mm -hmm. speed seems to be the one area where, where mm -hmm. manufacturers have had difficulties really coming up mm -hmm. with game-changing increases in ball speed. Right. But y'all did something with mm -hmm. this. And so I want you to discuss how much additional ball speed you're able to get out yeah. of this face because it is actually durable and mm -hmm. you're not going to have any issues with it cracking. Correct. There's a lot of questions in there. I know, but I want but, you to. But, but, but I'm so, excited about the speed. Let, that's, that's he was I mean. like, he was like, tell let me, me everything let, you know about let, this let, everything. Let me get one thing out of the way first. The face is very durable. The face is extremely durable. We've we've we stressed this this face more than probably any driver we've tested in the last ten years. We we put this through all the paces. High speed, you know, high face, toe hits, heel hits. Like we tested everywhere. You know, this is going to be the number one question though that yeah. you're going to get from from recreational golfers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing in this industry is bulletproof. And I would say if we if it is bulletproof, we want to over-engineer the durability aspect and we've, we're leaving speed on the table. So let me get that out of the way. But it is as durable, if not more durable than Sim 2 and Sim and clubs like that. So durability-wise, we're in, in a great spot. Now, the speed part of it is is the secret to this. And, and, and it's the whole reason why we're doing carbon, right? Like the, the carbon is much more difficult to manufacture and, and put this face together. We talked about the process before. So why do it if it doesn't provide you any benefit? Right? So, so the, the, big, the big question is, how does it provide better ball speed out of the face? Well, it turns out if you look at sort of the collision between the, the club and the ball, there's a, there's a transfer momentum happening. There's momentum that you are delivering through you know, your skill and delivering the club head to the ball at a certain speed that you then want to translate into as much speed as possible into the ball, right? Some of that is, is, is obviously um, going to depend on your impact location and things like that. But let's assume you hit it center face with both clubs. You are going to transfer a certain amount of that energy from the club, the momentum from the club into the ball. And it has to do with the ratio kind of of the mass that's moving an impact, meaning the, the face flexibility part and then what's in the rest of the head. And so this is where it gets a little sciencey. So you know, I'm That's hoping fine. we get science. I'm hoping this. the listeners are kind of following me on this on this little journey. But basically, what happens is at impact, your your head keeps moving, right? It's there's no point at impact where the head keep stops, right? It just keeps moving through the impact. But the face is absorbing some of that impact with the ball. It's it's softening the blow to the ball. It's reducing the amount of ball. Uh, compression that happens and that's essentially what high CUR means is that there's something a flexible surface that that reacts with the ball if you can make that flexible surface as light as possible that means that you have more mass in the rest of the club it's almost like perimeter weighting it's like you have more mass in the rest of the club that's actually used to deliver momentum into the ball so we've taken mass out of the face part of that part of the face that's moving that isn't delivering any momentum into the ball because it's moving slightly backwards at impact and putting the mass into the part that's moving forward i.e. around the edge of the face the rest of the body the soul and everything else and putting more mass in there hence making that energy transfer more efficient so the bottom line is for the same amount of input of your golf swing you're going to get more ball speed out of it at the end while not really changing the hardness of the face we're not making the face "Quote unquote trampoline any softer. We're not making the face more flexible or making it illegal in any way. It still obeys the same laws of the CT tests that that, that are out there, um, but it's more efficient at delivering that ball speed. And so, you know, golfers are going to see pickups in ball speed with this carbon wood. And that's kind of the exciting part for us is like of all the other benefits we just talked about, the spin and all that. The biggest thing you're probably going to notice is is the speed increase uh, out of the face. Just give me a number here. How much? What are we talking about? I would average? say, so mo obviously, again, this is going to be one of those where it's like, 
Well, you every know, golfer's different. I yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Um, we so let me just give some examples, right? So we tested, for example, with Sergio. He was here um, a couple months ago. Tested with him. Uh, we also tested with Tommy Fleetwood. And both of those guys were in the two to two and a half mile increase in ball speed. And I'm not saying that every golfer is going to see two and a half miles an hour. Our legal <laughs> team is probably going to be like shooting me down at this point. In our testing, we're seeing- That's a tour pro. Yeah. Well, what we're going to see for most average golfers would be in the mile an hour range plus, you know. That's uh, conservative, yeah. but I just, I like- That's I like conservative. The, I, the I, and again, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to have to take this podcast down because I said a number that was like <laughs> not verifiable, blah, 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 with all the statistical rules that are in place. But- in real world situations where you have people testing and you're fitting, you are going to see improvements in ball speed for sure. Um, you know, provide all other things are equal. You know, again, I'm not saying that every single player is going to see improvements because that never happens, right? There's, al- sure. there's always, yeah. <laughs> there's always other factors at play. And so, you can't legally say that. Too. And you can't legally say that because <laughs> literally for like legal yeah. to come around. The no one's knocking on the door. No right one's now, knocking on so the door. Good. But, but it's, it's been nice to see again in our early testing. And obviously we're, we're, we're still pre-embargo as we're having this conversation. So it's not like this has been out in the wild and I've seen a bunch of people get fit into it. Right. But in terms of the testing that we've done internally with, again, at this point, um, over 100 people, uh, tour players, all the best players at TaylorMade have been testing it and we've been on TrackMan and GC Quads. Um, you know, again, not every single player is seeing, is seeing massive improvements, but... On, on the whole, we've seen very significant improvements, even guys who are really well fit into their previous drivers. And then the reality is when you get people in the wild coming into a, a golf shop and they're testing new stuff, they probably have a driver that's four or five years old. Right. And that's only going to exaggerate the benefits that you're going to see with Stealth versus, versus other products. So, How much yeah. more expensive is it to manufacture this face versus Yeah, I can't, I can't really say. I can't put a dollar value on that. Let's just say... Um, to start up doing it is a lot more expensive. There's a lot, a lot of new machines, a lot of new processes that we have to learn. There's, there's, we, a lot of the stuff that we used to do before is, is sort of, you know, been obsoleted in a way, right? There's, there's certain processes that we no longer need to use. Obviously, we're still making part of the club in titanium. The, the, the rest of the head is, is still um, cast titanium, 911 tie, and so that's that part's still happening. But the face itself. Um, you know, so and so when you say, "Hey, what does it cost to make a face?" It's like saying, "How does it cost to make an iPhone?" Well, the cost mm-hmm. of making one is incredibly expensive, <laughs> but if you made ten million iPhones, that you know, the cost comes down. And the same thing with the face is the more you can make, obviously, you can start to average that cost down. Um, but it is a very extensive process. It's an expensive process. There's different materials involved. Um, but again, in, in in sort of the the ultimate goal of delivering more performance. We know that this is the way forward, right? So it's like you got to do it at some point, and we we felt like, hey, 2022, we're going to be ready to deliver something to the market that is markedly better. So we do still have Twist Face on there. Have mm-hmm. you made any adjustments to the actual shaping of it? No, uh, not the actual shaping of it. It's still what we call a one degree twist. Now, what's interesting about it though, because there is no hand polishing involved in this face. It's all done in the machine, so to speak. It's all pressed. All the geometry is extremely accurate from part to part. Um, and so, you know, Baldwin roll and twist face are, is dramatically more accurate on this face than in any kind of tie driver that, that we've done. So, you know what else you can really appreciate, Tursky? Talk about it. It's 4% larger face. Yeah. <laughs> it's more area for you to, yeah. to, to not whiff. 
for your missus. Yeah. yeah. No, but it is. I mean, I, I think that's something that, that, you know, every golfer can benefit from mm-hmm. the fact that you were able to increase the, the face size on this and, yeah. and give people, I mean, look, when, when I look down on it, at it and I'm only got a chance to see it in writing, not lefty yet, but it, it does feel, I mean, for, even for me, it, it gives me that additional comfort to know that face looks big mm-hmm. it's red it's it's impossible to like miss and you can see it i mean i know a lot of golfers that really like the fact that they can see the face yeah um but yeah just that additional i mean how how do you go about kind of increasing the overall like footprint of of that face with a driver like this because i again this is black this year it's mm-hmm. it's called stealth it's yeah. definitely it's- stealth other than the face <laughs> right the i face. mean it's it's about as murdered out as you're going to get with the exception of, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of pieces on it. And stealth yeah. is written on the crown and it's really stealthy. Yeah. It's like hard to notice. It's the first. most subtle Seriously. logo Very yeah. we have ever put on a club. It, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we call it a third read when you like, you have to look at it up close to see it. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, so the bigger face obviously is a, is a great um, benefit as well. Obviously when you're making something out of carbon, you don't, you're not at the typical weight penalty um, that you typically would be with a tie face of, of the larger size, you know, tie faces. And, and when you see clubs that have really big tie faces, most of the mass, you know, discretionary weight that you have in the club is going to go into the face. Cause you got to now make not only the face bigger and area wise, but it's also gonna be thicker to keep it, you know, legal flexibility wise. And so having the ability to use carbon, we can make the face bigger with very minimal weight penalty. And that's part of the reason we did that. And again, deliver the, the golfer more consistency. One of the side benefits too we've seen with good players is, you know, think about a miss hit for a good player. Like if you're gonna miss it, let's say with a tour player, you're gonna miss it five millimeters high on the face or five millimeters low or heel toe. Because you're so much farther from the edge of the face now, you're going to see less variability in spin. And we've had, you know, actually I was talking to Adrian from our tour department the other day and he was, he's been testing it on his own. He's a great player. He's, I think he's like a plus three or four. He was noticing a much better dispersion of spin rates than what he typically sees in this gamer. Because of, again, you miss it a little high. You don't get dramatically lower spin because you're still kind of near the center. You're mm. nearer the center of the face essentially than you were before. So we're seeing some other benefits like that, the bigger face too, obviously for an average golfer, less chance of just missing the ball altogether or popping it up or whatever, all those things. But, um, but we know golfers in general are going to also appreciate seeing a bit more face. You know, the fact that you can see more face gives you confidence sure. that you can get in the air and, and uh, make a good swing at it. So what, what options are we looking at here? Because the the names have changed. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. stealth this year. Yeah, Sim Two's Sim Two's gone. See ya. Mm-hmm. But but we have stealth. We have stealth plus, mm-hmm. and then we have stealth HD. HD. Yeah. And kind of what are the differences for when people go to the to yeah. the rack and see them? I mean, if they if they haven't done you know their, their homework at home and they just yeah. see the names like sure. kind of a little bit about the differences between the heads and sure. the performance yeah so we we we've we basically named our core model just stealth and that's going to be kind of your go to if you don't know what you should be fitting into you don't know what kind of player you are you're not really sure where to start start with the stealth the one that just says stealth on it, it has the same face technology um it's designed to be forgiving kind of like medium to low spin not your lowest but also not a high spin so it's going to be really in that comfort zone for a lot of people uh very high you know high very high moi so it's forgiving club so what we're trying to do there is make sure that and that's a club that's going to be played on tour as well and so then we have 
sort of a club either side of the stealth club. So we have a plus, which is going to be your lower spinning model. And I'm talking about the driver specifically here. Right. But it also is, is true for the fairywood. But basically a lower spinning model by about 200 to 300 RPMs lower spin. And the plus model, as the name suggests, has an additional technology, which is the sliding weight track in the driver. So you're going to be able to move a 10 gram weight heel toe for that trajectory adjustment uh, draw to fade. Um, and that's really kind of the, the main difference between the two. They, it, they come with slightly different stock shafts and things like that too, but ultimately it's the plus is going to be your lower spin. And I would say it skews a little bit towards a better player because the, the, the standard core model is going to be higher MOI and more forgiving in that way. And on the other side, hey, if you, if you, especially if you have a slice issue or a right hand side of the golf course issue, the HD is going to be the one for you. It's a high draw model. It's going to pr promote uh, a draw bias across the board and again that's going to help and then we have the women's model too which uh you didn't mention but that's uh what comes essentially similar to the get a demerit for that yeah <laughs> forgetting it's a minus point it's cute fair but it does come yeah. it does come with a different cosmetic um you know and that's it has all the same core technologies in the in the product but it does come it's a high launch product and it does have um the same stealth face and all the other technologies how many different uh face colors did you test or did you always kind of have you red mean, in mind? Oh, the red color. Yeah. Uh, I would say we, we landed on red fairly early on, but we had, I don't know, 50 or 100 different designs that we tried, mm -hmm. you know, like different scoreline patterns, you know, color versions of red. So it's so a lot of different things we went through, but, uh, and, and we obviously brought in other colors and other types of prints as well, but yeah. Did you consider doing 59 sheets of carbon instead of 60 since 59 is... No. Wow. I, I, didn't, I didn't think you know we made it uh, all the way on these uh, podcasts uh, we're off the rails right off the rails yeah, yeah. Rails. you know what sorry it's fine i think it's we fine. i think we jumped the shark on that one we did jump the shark uh, but dang yeah. it <laughs> dang it almost made it through well played. almost well played, so played, close. Uh, <laughs> not again uh, okay so no, the, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't consider 59 okay the, uh, fair enough the driver is is obviously the the biggest talking point in in this 2022 lineup but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that you also have fairways and hybrids. Mm -hmm. And there's some cool stuff going on with, with the fairways and the hybrids. It, it's a very subtle thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have, this, just to kind of like line this up, you have the Stealth Plus. So it's, and that's like your, your is that the tie, like the tie version? The tie of, version, yeah. So for those that know the Sim 2 Max, the tie, you also have a Stealth. You also have a Women's Fairway. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, but lots of tech going on and, and I will get you to talk about that, but the subtle change to the face, mm -hmm. I'm taking a look at this. Mm -hmm. It's a black PVD finish, mm -hmm. but just above on the top of the face there, mm -hmm. a, little a little something going yep. on right. that golfers are going to notice what, what is going on with the face on these fairway woods? Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we have done i think a nice job of last few years is you know when we had the silver paint or the white or the chalk paint on the top line is we've given golfers a way to line up their clubs really well to the target and and we've we've very consciously painted those lines on in a certain way where it it promotes the right left right tendency we've seen that when golfers see the club and I'll, I'll give an example so when if a golfer sees the club as pointing left for example they will swing in a way that doesn't go left and they will actually hit the club more right. And then the opposite happens when the club looks like it's really open. They're like, oh, I got to release this. And so they actually hit it more left. So we can kind of control the golfer's kind of alignment experience a little bit with how we paint the top line on there. And so, which is wild because I didn't realize that, that you yeah. kind of, 
pulled the string so much just simply by yeah. manipulation. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. It's, 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 and it's and it's weird how like even golfers when you talk to golfers who say, oh yeah, I don't really line up with anything or I just put the club down. Like they still do it. Like we we see the data, they still do it. And so one of the things we were we were looking at was as we were totally changing the cosmetic of all uh, of the new woods was okay. How are people going to be able to line up the new ones when the crown is all black and we have a black face, right? Um, and so we looked at ways of incorporating. I mean, we tried a lot of things early on with like different like lines of paint and everything. And one thing we landed on was essentially taking a um, a laser approach to the top line, removing some of that PVD at the top, uh, and, and again in a very deliberate shape where it's a little thicker in the middle, but basically creating a line at the top of the club. Uh, perpendicular to their target so it's, it's sort of creating that contrast that you're used to seeing with the paint but now it's almost like a little line sometimes you see in a putter like along the leading edge of the putter or the top line of the putter to give you that perpendicular reference point of how to line up the club and you know we were fairly confident that this was going to work but we tested this extensively because we were like okay does this perform like the white used to do or the chalk paint used to do and, and lo and behold it did perform exactly like it it was it was kind of freakishly how to one decimal point it performed exactly the same and um so in an average to, just to kind of sum it up and on average we were able to control the dispersion left right by about six yards by adding this feature to an all black fairwood you know six so, yards yeah i mean that's and that significant was, and that was the yeah. difference between where again an identical club with no top line was going six yards more right on average than the club that had the top line on it so that was you know eye-opening for us and we were hoping to get that result and that's what we got and so we know that this technology works like the old paint did but it's i would say much more subtle and much more less less obtrusive in a way if you just want something really clean to look at from the top so we're excited how that comes out i think golfers are going to love it subtle genius <laughs> One of the other things I did want to point out with the fairways, you know, that we talk a little bit about this either or situation with, mm -hmm. with internal mass, right? You can either shift it forward and it'll do one thing. You can shift it back and it'll do another. Mm -hmm. It's tough to do both, mm -hmm. but somehow you figured out how to get some forward mass in this club and a little bit in the back. Yep. And this is going to, the big benefit, I think, for a lot of golfers out there is it's, it's going to really increase in the forgiveness department. And I think that's something that all golfers can benefit from with fairways. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think we've, we've definitely, as we've tested a lot of fairwoods over the years, we know that the success rate for fairwoods is very low. Like people just hit, like hitting good shots, especially off the deck. You know, in somebody's way. Both of us. Yeah. But I'm the one raising my hand. I mean, I mean, 100%. You're too proud. 100%. We can all relate to that, right? Like, I wouldn't even know. I don't hit fairways. When you when you stand when you stand in front of your second shot in a par five with a three wood in your hand, you're like, I just want to make good contact. Like you're not even thinking really about getting it close to the pin. You just want to make good contact and see the ball in the air, not having like hooking or slicing or doing anything. We're just getting somewhere up by the green, and so it's so we know it's a hard shot to hit, and so. The tendency could be there to like, hey, let's just make these like super forgiving. But the more weight you move back, your CG projection goes up, which is where the CG kind of comes through the face if you made an imaginary perpendicular line. Uh, and that higher CG is going to create a lot of spin. And so now you're no longer, the benefit of then hitting a fairwood is no longer there because you're not going to be able to get it to the green right. because it's not going to go far enough. And so then the opposite you could do is, hey, let's move all the weight forward, getting it to be a distance machine, high launch, low spin. But now any miss from the center of the face and you're really inviting trouble, right? Like in terms of left, right misses and that kind of stuff. So our goal with this was, hey, how do we make the club 
as long or longer than Sim 2, Sim 2 Max, I should say. And Sim 2 Max was... Which is yeah. a really long club. And Sim Max was before that and the M6 was before that. Like These are long clubs. How do we take that recipe of distance and actually even add on to it? In our testing, it's showing a slight distance gain on that. It's not something we're going to be like marketing, but the biggest benefit is we're able to still, because we do this 3D carbon crown now, we're able to extricate a bunch of mass out of the toe and put that back in the club. And that's where typically in a fairwood, you don't have a lot of mass at the, at the very back, unless you're trying to make just a forgiving fairwood that doesn't go as far, you know, and again, in that whole, like you said, the trade-off of forgiveness versus distance. And so I think we've struck a really nice balance with this new stealth fairway of getting you something that was, it's going to be as long as anything, anything else out there in the marketplace, but it's going to offer that forgiveness element that we haven't had before in the steel fairway. Will it help me hit the second shot that you hit when we played on Bandon trails on the uphill par five sixteenth? Yeah. Will it help me hit that one onto the green in two? Cause yeah. that was probably one of the best fairway shots that I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Like personally, yeah. it was, it was really impressive. So if it can help me do that, yeah. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, so you know, he's would, not going to guarantee it. I'm not going to guarantee it. Leo won't let him. But uh, but yeah, no. Hopefully, hopefully it will. And he's, well, he's staying so humble. Yeah, yeah. he is. Tomo is a humble guy. All right, <laughs> hybrids. You know, we've seen carbon fiber mm-hmm. used in the crown in the past, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't really. And I, Tursky, you can disagree if you want, but I don't think I've really seen anybody do a great job. With, with carbon fiber in the crown. I mean, it seems like it's just like a carryover. So you see it in the driver, you see it in the fairway, you're going to see it in, right. in the hybrid. Um, you all did a, a great job, in my opinion, of putting a benefit on this carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. Just talk about the difficulties in using carbon fiber mm-hmm. in, in a hybrid. It's such a small yeah. club. Yeah. It's difficult to like affix that carbon and, and keep it there. But and also get a weight savings, but you're yeah. able to do that. It's, it's really hard. And so, you know, early on, we started obviously with carbon crowns in the driver. The, the, the amount of area that you have to work with is bigger so that, you know, it's easier to get some savings out of it because the percentage of that ledge that you're putting the carbon on versus the whole area is, is obviously smaller, right? Um, and then when you move to the ferry wood, you still kind of get decent savings because now you're replacing steel with carbon and steel's more dense than tie. So it's, again, you can get some benefits, but when you get to the, to the hybrid category and the rescue clubs that we make, you know, it's a small area that you're replacing one material with, with another one. And for that to be worth it, you obviously want to see some weight savings that are noticeable. And for us early on, if, if you look at the original M1, for example, and M2 back in 2016, we didn't have any carbon in, in back in the in the rescue back in those days because with the technology that we were using then, which is the kind of you put the carbon on, then you kind of like fill in all the gaps with like a bondo type material, and then you like sand it down and you paint seven layers of paint on top of it. Like by the time you've done all that, your weight savings have disappeared and, and you're you're doing all that work really for no savings. And we didn't want to go down that road. It was like to your point, it could be nice that it's like a continuation from the driver and the fairway and they all have carbon and it looks like a nice family. But ultimately, why do all that work if it's no benefit or negative benefit? So we wanted to do this when the technology was mature, when we could make that bond ledge as thin as possible and save the maximum amount of weight. Uh, what's cool about the, the new rescues is that we're actually saving seven grams net weight, which means by the time you subtracted you know, all the infrastructure of the glue and everything else, from what the old crown was were seven grams um, 
you know, in terms of having that extra weight and we can use that to position the CG low and, and having some extra weight to create higher inertia. Um, what's crazy about it is when, if you think back to that original M1 launch that we did back in late 2015, we had the carbon crown and, and everything else. That was a five gram savings net. Which is still a lot. Yeah, but think about that. In a driver, we saved five grams. Now we have a rescue that saves seven, seven grams. Yeah. That's how much better the carbon bonding technology that we have, have got has gotten over the years. And we're able to get so precise with how we do it. And obviously the big trade-off, or not the big trade-off, but the big kind of learning over the years is how to make the bondage small but maintaining durability. Because obviously you don't want those things to fly off. Right, you can make that bond like as small as you want, but if the carbon doesn't stay on, that doesn't do any good. So, really making that that bond uh, joint as solid as possible, removing stresses, prepping it correctly. We, we we're, we've developed this new process where we laser some of that surface in there. And so, anyway, there's a lot of that's gone into it for us to finally launch a rescue that has carbon crown, and it's it's been worth the wait. I feel like the sim rescues were so hot, like tour players weren't really playing rescues. For that correct at least some of them yeah, yeah and that was like a, a big change mm -hmm. do you see tour players switching into stealth hybrids mm -hmm. like well yeah will those be i mean they're back there's no reason why they wouldn't play like rory still plays his original sim max rescue right <laughs> he's worn it out he's Turski. worn out yeah. the center of that face <laughs> you seen that? he's got some photos i actually oh, saw man. your photo of that that was oh, you know because i hadn't seen it for a while you know so yeah. it was kind of cool to see that obviously he practices with it a bunch. I mean, obviously, you get, yeah. get that kind of wear on and the he face. he doesn't miss the center of the face He doesn't much miss it much at all, yeah. So, you know, in terms of what we're trying to do from a launch and spin standpoint, this is not any, any different really from the original Sim Max Rescue. This club is a lot more forgiving um, and, and it has inverted cones. So there's some benefits for the average golfer versus Sim Max Rescue. Mm -hmm. For the better player like Roy who never misses the center, obviously the benefit isn't really there in terms of forgiveness. He's not going to care that much about that. But it's gonna, you know, convey all the same benefits in terms of, you know, the speed off the face, the launch and spin is gonna be in that similar window. Um, it's gonna have V steel sole, so it's gonna have a lot of the same benefits. Now, whether he switches into it, I don't know. It depends on exactly what he's looking for. Obviously, he loves that Simmax Rescue. Yeah. So. But it is in the realm of it's that a, club. Like yes. it's kind of fade bias. It's not, correct. It's not gonna hook too much for it's a better player. So it's something that they and, might want to take a right. look at. Right. And, and so, in terms of how we design that club, it's pretty neutral, left right. And some of the tour players want it more right bias. Mm -hmm. They will hot melt it. They will put hot melt in the toe and then get it a little more right bias. Um, and on the truck, they can you know they can bend the head as well, things like that. But obviously, for the mass market, we don't want a club that goes right. You know, that's in in the in the stealth in the stealth plus. You know, now you have FCT and you have a little bit more opportunity to, to have more right bias in that club. But for this core stealth model, we want it to be really playable for a lot of people. Whether you're hit it straight, whether you have a slice issue or whatever. Um, but I, I definitely expect to see that on tour. I mean, it's shaping wise, if you look at it top down, it looks a lot like Sim, Res Sim Max Rescue and the Sim 2 Max Rescue, except it's a cleaner look. You mm -hmm. know, we don't have a kind of a two tone color. We don't have really any decals on the top at all to keep it really simple. So I think, I think that's going to resonate with a lot of good players for sure. I would say that this entire line will probably resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. So. We hope so. Yeah, well, I, if Rory I, I, switches I, to that uh, that hybrid, that PVD blackface, that the um, the wear mark is going to look crazy after a while. It'll show up as like silver, right? Eventually, yeah. mm -hmm. like yeah. it will wear eventually. Same as same as yeah. Okay. This one this one will wear the same as the the Sim Max Rescue. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome, Tomo. Cool. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Appreciate being on.
All right, so thanks to Tomo for the time. Tursky, I mean, Tomo is a wealth of information, but again, the one thing that stands out to me is the fact that they're just like, they're sunsetting titanium. I, yep. It just, to me, it's a, it's a material that, that all the other manufacturers use. Now they're carbon and we'll see what happens. I mean, I am really curious to see how this driver performs and, and you know, what kind of noise it makes out on tour this season. I love talking to Tomo about gear because he's super smart and he puts it like in simple terms, but he's also a stick. He will take your money on the golf course. Like, honestly, he rips it off the tee and shoots like 68 every time he tees it up. And he's so humble about yeah. it. It's like, hey, what? you're like so, a driver designer so, and you're smoking me. Thanks a lot, Tomo. So did, did I, I told you the story when we, when you and I were at band in, I played with Tomo Yeah. and that was the day where it was, it was our second, nah, it was our second 18 and our caddies were like, man, we're not going to get this in. Uh, and Tomo and I, after, after 10, I'm like, dude, we, we can totally get this in. So we, we told our caddies like, give us, give us our bags. We just carried in from, from 11 on. Yeah. The caddies just and dipped he, on you guys. That's funny. They, they totally dipped. Like, and the funny thing was, it was like, we said, oh, Hey guys, you know, if you want to go in, you're more than welcome to. And they're like, oh, really? Great. See ya. Yeah. And they were gone. It's like, don't ask. So, don't so, ask twice. Yeah. Say don't, less. Don't even. Yeah. You, Say less. Don't twist my arm. I'm gone. Yeah. So we played, we played 11 on. And of course we got the round in, but it was just so much fun to play. I mean, it was so quiet out there at, at Bannon Trails as we played it. Again, my favorite golf course yep. at, at Bannon. We agree. And he, Tomo hit one of the stupidest fairway wood shots I've ever seen. You know, you know, 16, the straight up the hill par five. Yeah, straight up. He, so it was playing into the wind and we were joking. It's like, dude, I, I don't even know if like a tour pro could, could get it there. And Tomo smashes driver. As you mentioned, being the humble guy that he is, hits one of the nastiest three woods. Just flighted up the hill, finds the green in two. And I'm just like, dude, do you do you realize what you just did? And he was just kind of like, eh. He just like, hits you with like, like the smile and like the, the shoulder shrug. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. a little embarrassed. Yeah, he's yeah. He is a he is a he is a like a serious stick. So again, thanks to Tomo for the time. All right. So we've talked about the woods but there's also a stealth iron. Now this is an interesting one, man. And we got to talk a little bit about this. I hit this iron there's so only, far. There's <laughs> only one model in this lineup. It's just called stealth. There's not going to be an OS and oversized model. It's a game improvement iron. And I was like, all right, Tursky, we, we did iron testing with it. I was like, Tursky's yeah. going to hit it well. Um, that wasn't your shaft in there. It, it was, it was a graphite shaft. I'm like, just hit it. Let's see what happens. And you tell the rest of the story here. What, what did you do with this iron? I mean, I was expecting like, you know, that 192, 190 range. And I'm like, yeah. What do you that's, normally hit a seven iron? You know, with like, with like my seven iron, probably 182. Yeah, with your seven iron. Yeah. You know, I got no tech in there. I probably need a little bit more tech these days, honestly. But, you know, so I was expecting a nice little bump. And we hit this thing. First shot with it. What did it go? 216? It was, it was, the first one was 207. Okay. 207. Yeah. 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 Um, and we, we touched it over 210. I mean, you, you got over 210 with it. Yeah. It was, and we kind of just looked at each other. Stupid. We were like, wait, is this broken? Cause we were yeah, just hitting I tapped, drivers. I tapped we were the like, quad. Yeah. Did it like recalibrate? Does it need time? And just yeah. time after time, like three, four, five shots in a row all over that 205 mark. It's just like an absolute rocket and not like yeah. super low spinning or, too penetrating just like a nice seven iron window just going what is that 30 yards farther than my 
<laughs> my gamer oh, seven. You, you were yeah, you were like like three plus clubs longer than you than you normally are. It was it was just stupid. It made me laugh. But, it made me smile, but it made me laugh. But there, you know, there's there's obviously it's a game improvement iron. There's going to be distance in this one. But what did you what did you think of the like the profile of it? I I thought was actually pretty sleek, and that was what they were kind of going for. It's supposed to have more of like a P seven hundred series, like in like maybe a little bit beefier than like a P seven ninety. It looks fairly clean for game improvement. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's wrong at all. Like, not too much offset. The top line's obviously a little bit thicker than like a CB, but yep, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not like half an inch wide, like you would expect from the numbers that you're getting. Like, it looks sleek, like you said. So if that's what they were yeah. going for, I think they, I think they nailed it. And you know, in terms of bag appeal, they kind of made it look like more of a player's club. They threw a little carbon fiber out on the toe to kind of let you know, but. Um, I mean, it looks like kind of that P790-ish look, just nice and clean in the bag. It doesn't make you feel like you're playing like a, a Walmart super, super game improvement club that you're kind of embarrassed to play. Like, it looks like it's part of the TaylorMade line. I think they did a great job with the look of it. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. It's It's got a super clean look. Um, you mentioned the carbon fiber out on the toe. So what they did there is, you know, they, they – we were seeing it. That launch was just—it's just towering. I mean, the ball was hanging in the air forever when you were hitting it, and they moved—they move about ten grams of mass from out on that high toe. They moved it down low in the head, and that's where you're able to get a little bit of a higher launch. It's got a lot of the some similar tech that we've seen in the previous, like sim, going back to sim, what they called their cap back design, where they they take up you know it's a hollow cavity iron, but you know to try and help make the the overall structure a little bit more rigid, they added a little bit of polymer along that back bar and that's going to help kind of stiffen and up that upper part of the head because you know look the golfer that's hitting this iron you're not hitting the center of the face every time yeah. so you, you got to find ways to try and retain ball speed whether you're hitting it high on the face or low I mean golf you know again 15 handicaps gonna be hitting it all over that face so yeah they did a lot of things to, to really help kind of try and like bring out a lot of that ball speed no matter where you hit it Tursky saw that he's ab- absolutely mashed the hell out of it um <laughs> three three plus clubs more than he normally does no exaggerations but, here either y- yeah yeah but the guy behind this iron is Matt Bovie he's TaylorMade's head of product creation for irons Matt's a good dude also TaylorMade has a lot of sticks over there yeah man. decent player he's another good player decent player yeah yeah he took so some uh, transfusion chance- money off me uh-oh. That's how we played. It was fun though. We had oh. a great time out there. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Bo- Bobby is a good dude. Had a chance to sit down with him as well to go through stealth. We go through all the tech, why TaylorMade's going to just one game improvement iron in this new stealth iron lineup. Again, Bobby's, Bobby's a fun interview, kind of like Tomo. We get into more than just like the nuts and the bolts. It's a fun, free-flowing interview. Enjoy it. All right, we're live. Matt Bovey, what's up, man? Hanging out, another glorious day. What's up, Mr. Wall? Not too much. All right, so let's talk stealth. You know, I'm always curious when you create a new iron, like the, the kind of the beginning to creation, how long does it take to like conceptualize an iron like stealth and, and like bring it from those concepts to the market? Yeah, I get that question a lot. And um, it actually kind of depends on where you – determine the the start line is because the technologies will be developing in the background independent of the design language, which is what you see on the shelf as a golfer. And some of the technologies can take years. Most commonly, 
probably in the neighborhood of three to four before it's on the shelf for a technology. But to be married with the design language takes two years. So I'm working on product two years out, even though we're talking about stealth in 2022 today. So mentally you're like super overstuffed. Oh, dude. No, I wouldn't say necessarily. <laughs> well, no. Probably a little bit. <laughs> um, I, on a daily basis, I'm shifting gears between, you know, especially when we had the fall launch of 790, it was, you know, 2021 to 2022 to 2023 to 24. And that's kind of my time spectrum on a daily basis. And every meeting will be a different year that you're thinking about and different product types. It's, it's very interesting. You know, one of the things that I noticed right off the bat with Stealth, and, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this, is, is the overall pro profile of this club. It's thinned down a lot. We're talking about a game improvement iron. Um, it's, it's interesting to me to see kind of the maturation of the game improvement iron. It seems like it's, it's gone from like being bulkier and uh, like showing the forgiveness to now it's, it's kind of hidden. It's maybe Stealth. Is, oh, I see what is, you did there. Is a, is a perfect, oh, perfect name for this for this club, but but when when did you? Because you're you're way more in tune with the industry uh, even than we are, just from from an iron perspective. When did you start to kind of feel like consumers were wanting to get away from like the bigger, bulkier profiles and wanting to go to something maybe I would say like a little bit more aspirational, um, mm -hmm. kind of that like aspirational mid handicap. Mm -hmm. Uh, man, to put like a specific date on it, I, I'll just say, I think the rise of that trend, I started to re uh, realize that more with 790s popularity continuing to gain and, and looking at the player spectrum that was being fit into that iron. Um, we see a lot of high handicaps, you know, 15 to 20 is common for 790 and you even see 20 to 25 is looking to play 790. Um, and I mean, if we're being honest, if you're a 20 to 25 handicap, you could use a little more help and consistency than 790 is going to give you. Um, but it's the aspirational nature of players that they see that iron. They, they like the way it looks. It projects an image of the player that they hope to be. Um, or that they want to be and, and golf is an egotistical game. So when you look at like this trend uh, of that happening in 790 you listen to the marketplace you talk to some fitters and like you know the slimmer top line and, and not a chunky shovel is becoming more desirable um, It's really like look man forgiveness has a new look to it. It, it, it doesn't have to be this big, bulky, clunky thing anymore because we can hide technologies inside uh, these new constructions, which Stealth has in the cat-back design. It allows golfers to have an iron that looks great and has every bit of forgiveness and, and uh, you know piece of ball speed that they've ever played. How much market testing do you do where you have like maybe testers or whatever come in and pretend like they're in like a PJ Superstore or something like that where they see the iron on like the rack? And kind of, you know, the way like a consumer would go into a store because I could see someone being like, oh, that looks like a tour product. I probably can't hit that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. like a Sim 2 or a Sim 2 Max OS or an M6, it's like obviously tell. so yeah. different than yeah. a Blade that it's like, yeah. okay, that's my product. With this, it's like, oh, wow, like this is probably the driving iron that Dustin Johnson had. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, honestly, yeah. it looks yeah. so much like a. A P P series iron that it maybe it is kind of confusing. I'm not sure. Like how much market yep. testing do you do with that? The answer is going to shock you. You want to take a guess? 
Zero? Zero. Okay. <laughs> I would love to have some sort of space set up where you did like some beta testing or like kind of blind testing, like people yeah. walk into a room and like just a interface. Store that yeah. you guys have in that would here be, and you invite like that would be fan- people. That would be fantastic. Uh, as we just talked about in terms of, you know, design timelines and, and such, we could do that. We'd have to be like way, way out there and we'd have to be okay with people seeing, you know, what's ultimately going to become the product well in advance of when it's going to hit the market and things of that nature. Very interesting thought. Um, I think that that would be cool, like uh, kind of like how you do with marketing videos and things of that nature, a, t- a test right, group, yeah, yeah. you know, walk in and just kind of drop little nuggets and see if they get attracted to it. Exactly. Maybe someday. But yeah, as of right now, the answer, unfortunately, is zero. It's uh, dependent upon a couple minds here at TaylorMade. So it's like, nope, that's it. We but got, I'm sure there is a lot of thought that goes into Oh, that. yeah. How many like how many prototypes get made of a just lot. Like, the look? A lot. Of like, that are actually look. made. like Different cosmetics. No, not, yeah. Yeah, different cosmetics specifically. Okay, so for that one, from when we started marrying the cosmetics, sorry, I'm going to do a little math in my head. We had... Two edges by eight, 16 times three rounds, 32. Probably close to 50 different cosmetic iterations and tweaks. Um, when you bring in, like, you know, different inlays and colors, and we'll have two different or three different design themes as we go through this. We kind of have what we call like a design funnel. So earlier in that life cycle, we have a wider array from both a performance perspective and a design perspective. And we'll, we'll, we'll pair those down and we'll talk to people internally in the building and kind of do like a test subject sort of that way. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like one or two people picking the look at the iron. We get response from from multiple people. but um, And then we'll pair that down and pair that down. But each one of those has, you know, colors and all sorts of different, different looks to it. So yeah, it's probably in the neighborhood of 50 cosmetic iterations with what you see there. Actually, that doesn't even include head finishing like the polishing is it you know is it mirror chrome or is it tour satin and what does that masking line look like when you bring that into play it's probably closer to 75 is there a voting process or is there something <laughs> up top that's like well i like this one so, so our ceo is david abelis i'll say yeah. david abelis no. is like final say here so whatever he says no no it's it's not like a total voting democratic but we do have like a panel we go we sit down we talk about it um, everybody expresses their opinions and you don't always align and we talk through exactly things like that like you know is this going to be two players-esque for this demographic that definitely comes up how clean are lines or how busy they are those types of things and you know you alluded to it earlier like you might walk by this iron and think oh wait, that's not for me because that's not what forgiveness typically looks like mm-hmm. and you know that's what we rely on our marketing team point of sale how we communicate the benefits of this iron whether it's through tailormadegolf.com or in a store um, we got to make sure that golfers know that this is every bit as forgiving as anything that they've ever played, but it's in a package that looks, you know, as fresh and as contemporary as Stealth does. You know, one of the, the things that people are going to hear a lot about this iron is cat back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for people that, that are kind of curious, I mean, obviously you're playing to a different demo here, a golfer that maybe is a little bit newer to the sport. What What is cat back and kind of, Somebody's going to say, well, what can it do? How can it benefit me um, if I'm going to be picking up this iron and, and buying set? Yeah, great question. So the cat back design is really uh, a revolutionary step forward from a traditional cavity back game improvement iron. Now, a cavity back iron, as a lot of your listeners already are going to know, perimeter weighted. You got the, the back bar, which is where you try to put a lot of mass. That's like kind of the, you know, the, the largest chunk of steel on an iron, if you're not familiar with the term. Then you have some perimeter weighting around that to create higher stability. In a cap back design, what we've been able to do is 
use that perimeter weighting in the back bar mask, but we've pulled all of the badging off of the face. So there's nothing bonded to the face like you have in most cavity back irons. And when you bond something to the face, you slow the face down. And we don't want that. We want as much face speed and flexibility as possible in game improvement irons. The easiest way to think about flexibility. Flexibility equals ball speed and forgiveness. That's what the game improvement player is looking for. So with the cap back construction, we create a hollow body iron without sacrificing on the center of gravity. So you need a low center of gravity for high launch and you want face speed for flexibility. And that's exactly what the cap back design has done. So really it gives players a more forgiving iron that looks better than a traditional cavity back iron and it feels fantastic. I'm always curious when I look at an iron like this, there's like tons of tech mm -hmm. and I compare it to like a P770. Mm -hmm. or, or something that's a little bit more traditional, which is which is more difficult to create something oh, with buddy. smaller constraints, like a player's iron, or oh, something like buddy. this where you've got like a much larger space and you can kind of like move stuff around and and get a little bit more creative. Man, they have their own design challenges, um, performance and visually. So, <clears throat> in the case of like a t highly technical iron like Stealth even 770, less 770. So let's focus on stealth for a second. There are technologies that you can rally around and we typically want the design language to showcase the new technology or speak to that technology whenever we can. <clears throat> Case in point, the toe wrap portion of the capback design, which is new for 2022. There's other things like the speed pocket and et cetera. Like those will dictate what the design language can be to some level. As you transition to the better players products, the 770s, 7MC, 7MBs of the world, where you put mass starts to drive the performance. Like in a single piece forge construction, you can't just make the design whatever you want without shifting that center of gravity. And then you have tour players that are very, very responsive to those types of things. Um, soul geometries become much more particular, um, things of that nature. And 770 and 790, they're kind of unique because they're hollow body. You can do more with the visuals. Like obviously that's a very clean looking iron, very traditional looking iron, but we could change that back bar geometry without shifting the mass properties or driving performance too much because it's hollow in nature. So you can do a bunch of stuff inside that people can't see. So like I said, and then you go like from a design language perspective on an MBMC and really a lot of them, but more the ones that aren't focused on the technology, it's very, very subjective as to what looks good and what doesn't. So the design space there and making everybody happy from tour players to retailers to people internally, it's, it's a different challenge for sure. Each one, I wouldn't say one's like definitively easier than the other. Like if you said, you gotta pick what's easier one to get across the finish line, probably game improvement. So players aren't so like super annoying to deal with. Got it. <laughs> I'm not gonna say annoying. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a super long-winded way of saying players' irons are, are, are annoying to work with. I kind of figured that it had that had to be the case. Just well, because, they're more subjective. Yeah, for sure. And and you're just dealing with with a with a very player. opinionated. Crowd. Yes. And you get more people that are on that side. So like that's the iron that's gonna be in their bag. And like for me, it's fun to work on because that's the iron that I'm gonna be playing. So I have a different emotional tie to it than I do necessarily stealth. It's like obviously I'm very emotionally connected to both because like you, you don't spend two to three years of your life on anything without becoming emotionally connected to it. You just don't. Um, but this one is different than what is going to be in my bag. It's just, it, you, I, it just it's a different space, different mental space. So you don't even throw one of those irons in your bag just because like 
Hey, what's up, guys? I designed this one. I'll put, so like for stealth, for example, I'll make a driving iron out of one. I'll play a four iron for a little while. And I'll, I'll play a round or two, you know, for sure with a full set because like I got to understand how it performs, what's working, what's not, how it feels, those types of things. So I'm definitely familiar with the product, but like it's not going to be my go-to set. It's just not, right? I play a combo MBMC set with the 774 iron. That's my go-to. This, this, the stealth world is a very different space. <laughs> so one of the things I noticed when we were kind of doing the, the wrap on, on stealth was that's it. There's one stealth. There's not an OS version. This is it. So you've got your P-series and you've got stealth. And I'm sure consumers are probably going to be a little bit surprised because that's sort of like the cadence that they, they're used to. They're used to like... Mm -hmm. Especially from us. Super game improvement. So I'm sure they're going to want to know why there's just one this year. What's What was kind of your reasoning for, for simplifying the lineup? Yeah, that's a great question. And both golfers and I think, I don't know, you probably have fitters and retailers that listen to your podcast as well. But um, Maybe a couple. Yeah. So you're used to seeing two irons from TaylorMade, whether it was, you know, um, the M3, M5 days, where it's a little bit on the better side of that spectrum. Um, and then we went shifted over to the OS side of the spectrum. And the new technology that's in stealth with the toe wrap portion, the cap back drives that lower center of gravity, which provides more launch. Um, so you have a higher launching product, which means it's going to speak to a wider array of players. You can be in the higher handicap super game improvement spectrum and play this iron. Um, so that's one big reason for it. Another reason is, you know, we want to simplify choices out there. It, you can get, you guys ever like shop for something and there's just so many options and you're like, kind of like, okay, I'm gonna research this, I'm gonna research this. And then you just like grow tired of it. And it's like, you know, I'm gonna come back to it and it sits in your Amazon cart for three months. So you never buy it. <laughs> oh, wow. I just read endless Yelp reviews. You know what I'm talking and about? I get so confused. Yeah, by the No, but I, I like, all exactly, right, I'm not buying it. I know exactly what you mean. It's I was like, thing. man, you must've been looking at my Amazon cart because <laughs> I have so many of those. I'm like, dude, I, I can't make a decision right now. I'm just, yeah, it it's off. a thing. It just yeah. if you're on the side of the spectrum where you want forgiveness and distance, it's stealth from TaylorMade, and it's. I feel very confident. Obviously, I have no way of knowing this because we're doing this podcast before everybody else's products are out there. But I feel very, very, very confident that that's going to be industry leading from performance, and I will be shocked if anybody can keep up with the looks. So it's like if you want game improvement iron performance on any level, the answer is stealth, and that's why we went down to one. It's just simplified. That's the one iron that's going to be able to provide what you're looking for as a golfer in the package that you want to project as who you are as a player. How many different names did you guys go through? Oh, my God. Naming is like the hardest thing because there's so much like trademark space and we have to do say, it yeah. globally. You come up with names and they're like, nah, somebody's already got oh, that. Oh, man. <laughs> That's so hard. This The name Stealth actually is something um, Brian Basil, our VP of Product Creation, went through and um, – you know, there was somebody who owned, owned that name um, in the golf space from a long time ago, and I won't get into the details, but uh, worked a lot with them to be able to make Stealth come to life for us. And it's a name that we're super excited about. There's a lot of energy behind it. It's emotive. It speaks to not just the iron technology, but I'm sure you guys will do a Metalwood version at some point as well. Um, but it's it's very, very hard to come up with a name that people like and hasn't been taken from somebody else. So, yeah. So you, you did mention the, the toe wrap design. Mm -hmm. And this, this is kind of the, the cool thing about an iron like this is typically with game improvement clubs, a lot of that like tech is in your face. Like you can see it. Toe wrap's pretty subtle. Like I gotta say, it's it's like a really like subtle change. You were showing us kind of pictures from, from some 
from some two max, and and it's just it's different. You were wowed by the toe wrap, though. Well, You're like, I, oh my god, it's so thin. I was I was wowed because it's not only is it thinner, but that section I was asking Bovi about, like, hey man, can you tell me how thin this section is of the face right here? It because it does it does look looks really thin. Just he like, was like, no, no idiots ever asked me that. Well, <laughs> this, this idiot will. There's there's one. There's always one idiot who will ask those oh. dumb questions. <laughs> Um, but, but I mean, golfers are going to, are going to see this section. It looks cool because it's kind of got this carbon fiber like look to it here, but, but there is a purpose behind that Absolutely. section. Kind of what, yep. what were you trying to go for it and how is it going yep. to, to help the golfers pick this up? So the toe wrap portion of the cat back design simply stated, it allows us to move trapped mass from high in the club head and reposition it low in the sole. And we do it in the toe specifically. So we keep the forgiveness of the iron up because it affects MOI. Um, but really it's just, it allows us to give, uh, a better center of gravity and higher launch to golfers. That's what the toe wrap does. That's how you get a higher launch in stealth compared to SIM2 Max because of the toe wrap. Um, you know, we have other technologies that are in the irons that have been in the irons for a little while, the fluted hosel, uh, which you can actually see where the shaft connects to the club head. That's called the hosel. There's like little areas that mass has been carved out. Um, and also the 360 undercut that's under the top line. Basically, the name of the game, our R&D team, they're like surgeons with scalpels. What they do is they go through and they try to harvest mass from anywhere that they can high in the club head to reposition it low when you're talking about game improvement products specifically because we want to give players as much launch as we possibly can. Launch translates to both, again, just more, I think more success. Nobody likes kicking the teeth and hitting a line drive. Um, and it also translates to more distance. So in the game improvement space, that, that's king and that's what the toe wrap does. So there is like a loft story going on here, but let's start with the question right now. Why do companies loft jack? And you need to defend yourself to the, to Dude, the group of people that think you're cheating. A, I was gonna ask a question about, about you know, about lofts, but. Sorry, okay, no, we, quick, we quick got, aside. We got, we got, she's back from maternity. We haven't seen her in probably six, seven months. Uh, she's our CMO's executive assistant. She's like, she's fantastic. She's a ball of energy. Her name is Brittany. She's great. That's um, awesome. It's first day back. She just walked through. I'm sure everybody wants to know about exactly this. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to wrap We're this gonna, up quickly because it feels like a homecoming right now. No, 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 no. Anyway, anyway. Um, Sorry, loft jacking. You want me to defend my position about loft jacking? Yeah. I'm going to turn this on you. How is it after like <laughs> explaining this answer for seven years, you guys still, still think asking. loft jacking still... is a thing? Aren't you? I, mean, you're, I know you're, that you're, it's not. Yeah, okay. There it is. You're, talk, you. you're talking to the listeners. You're not talking yeah. to me. I don't know. Oh, let's see. Okay. Well, yeah. I feel like we, like we're in a little bit of a different position here because we, yeah. like, we see benefits. Uh, I mean, we were even talking about about like loft fitting heads which yeah like, let's get yeah. into well all that was of the that. real that was let's the real question that. yeah i, I just like wanted to going. start with the accusation leading, real quick the witness. yeah this, he's okay. just like really trying to like like stoke the fire here. yeah like, i get it. you're stirring the pot i understand in the ranks all right all right <laughs> yeah yeah i get it no okay so quote unquote i'm using air quotes loft jacking um there is an optimal window for launch and spin and a couple other attributes that you need to watch you know when you're making game improvement products but if you don't strengthen the loft when you have all these technologies in here like the toe wrap portion driving that center of gravity down 
that creates high launch. The speed pocket, it adds additional ball speed, COR. COR translates into both launch and distance. It will manifest in both. If you don't strengthen the loft, this ball is going to go straight in the air, especially if you have any type of swing speed. That's not beneficial for you as a golfer. You want to keep the launch in a particular window to optimize and take advantage of the technology that you have built into these products. If you want more traditional lofts and using oh, loft jacking is not for me, then go play an MC. Right, go play a blade. Go play you know, seven. There are all of these other options that allow you to do that. But for this player, you set up the lofts where they need them to be able to give you the blend. And it's again, how do you prioritize what your performance criteria are for an iron? In the case of game improvement, distance and launch, you know, those are two and forgiveness, of course. You want stability, those are paramount. And and that's why you gotta adjust the lofts the way that we do. Wow. I'm just kind of Taking it back here. Was that? I get that question so much. Everyone's probably I know, like, I know. "This guy's just rambling on a whole bunch." I get it. <laughs> I mean, but I almost kind of wonder now that like lofts have become far more important. I mean, are, are we getting to a point where you're going to start to see like the loft numbers on an iron? I mean, it sort of feels like the the numbers that we see on the heads. Ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it almost. I mean, with as with as important as fitting has become. Do you think? Do you think we get to a point where we just start stamping? Hogan lofts? did it. What's up? Hogan, Ben Hogan. Hogan. Well, yeah. yeah, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just curious. Like Simpsons did if it. That, if that kind of becomes a thing, just because fitting has become far more impactful and people are doing it more often. I don't know. Maybe it's not even a question. It would be confusing in the bag. You'd be. have to have both. You'd have to have the degree and the, yeah. The I don't. Of that would look right? too busy, though. I guess I don't. I don't really understand why players care about what the loft number is if it performs the way they need it to. Yeah, as long as it's not going too high or too low. Yeah, like what, you just what want, does it matter? You want a seven iron to be in the seven iron window. Yeah. And it, then, it doesn't matter what the... Well, the I think a lot is. of it... Uh, well, do I really want to go down Let's go down the road. The road. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I, I think I think there's some people out there that, that, that make it into a bigger deal than it really is. Well, yeah. It's so. the internet. <laughs> also, yeah, and social yeah, media. Social make media. A big deal yeah, let's talk today. I don't know if I really want to go down that road. But, yeah, I do. Uh, let's let's, let's get out of the loft. Yeah, boom! Oh, he, he, he wants to be the poster. Well, no, you guys are doing more loft. Let's thing. talk about the loft thing, yeah, because like, yeah, that's where sure. I wanted to get. The, yeah. I didn't need to put the tinfoil hat on this early. It's well, what it usually does like every every podcast. So it's loft conspiracy theories. Um, yeah. So, okay. Loft fitting. Loft is important. It doesn't matter where you are on the performance spectrum, what type of irons you play. Uh, loft is just as important for, for all players. And, you know, I ask all the listeners out here, have you gone through a driver fitting and not thought about loft? Should I be in a nine degree head or a 10 degree head or a 12 degree head? If you have an adjustable hosel, what we call FCT, right? Flight control technology. Do I need to click it, you know, up, one up, one low to dial in? What are you dialing in? Your launch and your spin. Same thing happens on iron. Every tour player does that. So if you want to get fit for irons the best way, you need to consider loft. And in order to give fitters the tools to be able to do that, we've been working on developing a technology that allows you to adjust loft on the fly in an iron while you're getting fit. So uh, in the case of stealth, you can you know, bolt a head on to a shaft and you can go one degree strong or two degrees weak. So if you have a lot of dynamic loft, you scoop the ball, you're maybe high, it's kind of common in higher handicappers, you're trying to hit the ball in the air, you can benefit from stronger loft. 
You don't have to change your swing. We're just going to change the dynamic loft that's being delivered at impact to get a little more technical. If you're a slower swing speed player, you can benefit from having more loft because you don't generate the speed required to create launch and backspin. Backspin helps keep the ball in the air. It helps you stop the ball in the green, all those things. So you need weaker loft. Great. Go two degrees weak. Done. Now we have this range where you can have a seven iron that goes from set 27 degrees to 30 degrees. And if you look at the competitive set for game improvement irons, that is the range. And a lot of players, we didn't talk about this with, you know, why do you have one versus two? Like that loft head and going through fitting, if you go through the fitting, it's harder because you can't just pull it off the rack and all them super game improvement this for me. But we can hit the full range with our loft head with one model. You just have to go get fit. And golfers of all skill level, if you have any intentions of playing the game regularly, or I mean, who, I mean, it's an expensive, expensive purchase. Spend the 30, 45, 60 minutes that the, no retailer is going to charge you for, not really. Get fit and enjoy your product better. Use the technology to your advantage. Take advantage of, of all the hard work we put in here and get a set that's built for you. Yeah, great. I like, I like the fact that, that you give people the ability to test the different loft options because as we were talking about, typically you go into fitting, you hit, the launch is a little bit too high. They say, okay, we're gonna strengthen them a degree. You know, degree for the average golfer. Probably not gonna notice the way it's going through the turf, but it is nice. I mean, when you're, when you're paying that much money, you at least wanna be able to know what you're walking out with. So I, I do like that. One, my last question for you is, we live in some interesting times right now. COVID, COVID's changed. Is that a thing? I, I still think it is. Unfortunately, yeah, I know. That's um, a bad joke. Yeah, it, 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 uh, <laughs> we got we got to laugh. We got to laugh in these times, especially when something like COVID. What what has that done to just like sourcing materials and mm -hmm. like trying to come up with designs? Like, how has that changed the way that you go about? creating products hmm. in, in a world with COVID? It hasn't changed the way we go about creating products um, because when we're creating products, we're creating products for golfers with specific performance targets in mind. It has changed the way that we are able to supply the market with product. Obviously, a lot of listeners, I'm sure, have had ex have experienced extended lead times in terms of getting their orders, having order dates change. You know, as the effects of COVID translate globally, there are different countries that are experiencing challenges. Uh, you know, now essentially for the first time, even though you know countries like here in the U.S., we went through that first wave um, really in the middle of 2020. So it, and it, I think it, you know, it's going to continue to pop up and you just got to be flexible, but, um, you know, it means having a little bit of patience. It means, um, making some sacrifices potentially on like when you can, when, when you want to come to market with a product, right. Versus when you can actually get there with the volumes that you need to satisfy really, I mean, golf is in huge demand right now. There is a massive demand for product as people are playing again, which I love. I mean, like. You want to try to be an optimist. I mean, I the upside of COVID, there's been a lot of downsides. But for me as a golfer, it's getting more people back into the game. And I think independent of the business side of it, I think that that's great. Golf has done so much for me in my life. And I love that the idea that more people are out there on courses and kids are getting back in the game and families are playing, you know, mom, dad, they're all going out, that type of thing. I, I love that. Um, but getting the product has been harder and it will continue to be a challenge to some degree. And we just have to stay as flexible as possible. And um 
Yeah, I mean, all you can do is react and, and, and try to be ready. Last time I saw Bovi, we were drinking transfusions at Van and Dunes. I wish we were still doing that. <laughs> I'm can curious. We just do that for, for a job? I'm, I'm curious where the uh, Van and Dunes courses rank among courses that you've played in your life. Uh, pretty high up there for sure. I mean, Van and Dunes, for anyone who hasn't gone, it's like the Disneyland for golfers. It's so good. Um, and the weather element, we got lucky. We had great weather, but the weather element can be fun if you embrace it. As far as courses I played, I mean, if you separate it into public and private, it's definitely going to be top five in the public space. Um, as far as courses I've played, I'm going to put, I really like trails. Sheep's had fantastic oh views. I like trails because I grew up in Arizona and the idea of playing in mountains with pine trees and all sorts of stuff, it's so foreign from what I, I'm, so, I'm used to playing. Yeah. And again, like Southern California golf is not like that. Anyway, um, you know, trails, sheep's had fantastic views, and uh, I like pack more than bandon myself. We have, yep. like, we have, we have very similar lists. We have very similar lists. Here. Yeah, and great minds, you know? Yeah, you're smart. Yeah. <laughs> so very all, similar lists. I'd say all three of those are certainly in my top 10. The only courses that probably um, that are going to outrank those, they're going to be, you know, I mean, no one's going to be surprised by this. Um, Pebble, Cypress, Oakmont are on top of the uh, on top of those three, but I can't think of another course that would be in front of those three. So stunting on them, top six, Just a little Cypress drop. What you asked? Is it all it's cracked up to be? I've never oh my Cypress. god, it's so glorious! Yeah, I'm not even kidding. It's like just this journey from a course architecture standpoint, where you where you start, the view you're on. It's kind of like honestly, trails is a little bit like that because you go into the trees and like into the dunes, and it's all it's all built on sand dunes, and the cypress trees are gorgeous. And you come back out onto the water, and the finishing holes like 14 brings you back to the ocean, and then you go 15, 16, 17 is amazing, and then 18 tee box around the water like that stretch of holes. It's just so iconic and so gorgeous. The only other course, though, like the stretches of, I think it's four through nine at Pebble. It might be five through nine. I've only played Pebble once. But that's another stretch of holes, like on the water. That's just, it's beautiful. Um, but I think I, I like the layout at Cyprus more than, than Pebble myself. You could argue that Pebble's overrated. I've heard, heard people say it before. Mm -hmm. I didn't personally say it. Nobody's ever said that. Okay. I've heard people say that. <laughs> I, I, <said it. laughs> I was gonna let you be the one to say that i'll take that people, people thinking it was me um. i i so the first time i didn't have i didn't walk off that course and think like oh this is overrated the first time i played it yeah the only time i played it but here nor there well all i know is we got to get back gotta go somewhere gotta abandon gotta, gotta do this more there's trips. there's some good courses that are in um, the middle of the country that I think people like they're they're, yeah. they're that sort of like compound multi-course. Yeah, I was gonna bring up Sands Valley. Mm -hmm. I haven't been there, um, but I hear really really good things. I've never been to Pinehurst either, and obviously they have is it nine courses? I mean they got a lot of we golf. Gotta, we gotta. I have done Pinehurst. I haven't played all the courses, but I played like four of them. I think it was Pinehurst number four that I really liked, and then there was like number seven. Have you have you been there? I have. I've I haven't played them all. All I'm thinking about is that there, we have our teaching summit there coming up, and we're not going to be able to go. Yeah. So. Out of that. What? Well, we also have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, this you is gotta, time of the year. You got to go talk to somebody like me instead of go play Pinehurst. Your life priorities are. You're literally keeping us from playing Pinehurst right now. You can Bobby. bring me there with you. <laughs> there we go. All right. 
Well, Bobby, always appreciate it, man. Always, man. Hey, it's fun talking with you guys. Thank you very much. Um, looking forward to it. Always a good seeing you. All right. And that'll do it for episode 122 of Fully Equipped. Thanks again to Matt Bowie for the time. As always, if you want that social media goodness, you can follow Fully Equipped on Instagram at Fully Equipped Golf. We're on Twitter at Fully Underscore Equipped. The, the TikTok, sure, why not? The TikTok at Fully Equipped Golf. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy all the new gear. Keep checking out golf.com. Peace.